Welcome to the InnovaBuzz podcast, where our job is to help you build visibility, professional credibility, and connection with your ideal client by putting the human at the center of innovative marketing so you can build and strengthen an engaging, enduring relationship with your ideal clients. I'm Jürgen Strauss from InnovaBiz, and I'm honored that you're here with me. If you haven't joined our wonderful marketing transformation community yet, go to innovabiz.co and collect your free gift as well. Do subscribe to the show and also leave a review because it helps others find us. Let's get into today's masterclass on this InnovaBuzz podcast. Because we all do business with people we know, like, and trust, LinkedIn is a great vehicle for being able to develop that trust. If we share our knowledge, help other people, we can also showcase our skills and develop that trust and credibility with others so then that they will feel comfortable about approaching us when they need someone like us with our services or our products. Welcome back. I hope you've had an awesome week so far. If you haven't yet listened to my recent conversations wrapping up the Magic 400, first of all with Will Leach, the author of Marketing to Mind States, and with keynote speaker, coach, and award-winning stage performer Aidan Nepom, then do check them out after you've listened to today's conversation, of course. Today, I'm really excited to have on the Innova Buzz podcast to kick off the next 100 episodes, Lynn Eyre Johnston. She's the author of Linkability, Four Powerful Strategies to Maximize Your LinkedIn Success. Lynn is ranked among the top 20 LinkedIn experts in Asia Pacific by the Social Media Marketing Institute of Australia. She's a LinkedIn trainer, a coach and writer and runs the LinkedIn marketing program Connect Me. Based in New Zealand, Lynn Eyre has run her communications company Word Wizard for nearly two decades. In our discussion today, Lynn Eyre talked to me about starting with your purpose, asking why are you on LinkedIn? We talked about the importance of engagement or conversations on posts. And we talked about some of the features of LinkedIn to use in order to stand out. Without further ado then, let's fly into the hive and get the buzz from Lynn Eyre Johnston. Hi, I'm your host, Jürgen Strauss from InnovaBiz, and I'm really excited to welcome to the InnovaBuzz podcast today, I think my first guest from Dunedin in New Zealand, Lynn Eyre Johnson, who's a LinkedIn expert, founder and owner of Word Wizard, and she's author of the book, Linkability. Welcome to the InnovaBuzz podcast, Lynn Eyre. It's a great privilege to have you as my guest. Thank you. So nice to be here, Jürgen. Mark Halpert, who is our guest on episode 258 and also a, a power user of LinkedIn that uh, I was introduced to some time ago, 
He introduced us to you, Linnea. He was on episode 258 of the Innova Buzz podcast. So big hello to Mark. Oh, hi, Mark. Thank you for introducing us. Now, uh, before we, so actually, <laughs> you've been a journalist and a newsreader and a radio announcer, I read in the back of your book about you. So I thought, oh, wow, <laughs> this is yeah, a bit true. intimidating here at <laughs> long time turning ago. the tables. A long yeah. time ago. Um, now, before we start talking about all things LinkedIn, though, and, and what you do and how, how your background played into that, what is it that drives you and how does that shape what you do today? What drives me is being able to help other people. Jürgen, that's what gets me out of bed in the mornings and I have found a way to be able to do that with LinkedIn. So my um, rationale, if you like, is to be able to, or purpose, I think, is a better, better way to describe this. And my purpose is to help other people do LinkedIn better. Um, I really enjoy getting questions from people about how to use LinkedIn, finding out how to do other things better on LinkedIn, and really seeing people move in their careers and in their business lives by using LinkedIn really well. So my passion and the thing I really, that drives me is being able to help and share. Hmm. Wonderful, yeah. And um, that certainly comes through in your book and the philosophy that you have there in that LinkedIn is a platform for connecting with people rather than just selling or doing business, even though you know the end game for many people is either get a job or grow their business through through getting new customers from LinkedIn. I think um, going back to the early days of LinkedIn, or at least the early days when I started using LinkedIn, it was very much a jobs board in some ways. And so talk to us a little bit about how you see it today, how it's kind of transitioned from that and what, what you see LinkedIn being today. Well, I agree with you that it did indeed start as a job board and a lot of people still see it like that, but it has so much more power these days, both in terms of its influence and where it sits in the social media community, but also I think with how we can use it because LinkedIn have continued to add new features that make it almost like a quasi website for you. If you use it well, you almost don't need, almost don't need a website separately. You can just use your LinkedIn profile to be able to showcase what it is that you do. And so LinkedIn has become a platform where people can develop relationships. You can meet people from all over the world. Look how you and I have been introduced. You're in Australia. I'm in New Zealand and we got introduced by someone in America. And I just love that, that we can be connected to anybody, anywhere and develop those relationships. And ultimately they turn into business if it's a good fit. And of course, because we all do business with people we know, like, and trust, LinkedIn is a great vehicle for being able to develop that trust. If we share our knowledge, help other people, we can also showcase our skills and develop that trust and credibility with others. So then that they will feel comfortable about approaching us when they need someone like us with our services or our products. So I think that there is a huge power in LinkedIn that is often overlooked. Hmm. And you mentioned one word there that I think is really important. And I think that's something that people forget often when they're working on LinkedIn, and that's relationship and building a relationship. So from your point of view, what, how should we be approaching 
LinkedIn from the point of view of let's build some relationships as opposed to let's find leads and start to sell something to them. Now, ultimately, of course, the end goal might be I want new customers in my business, but how do we go about that, as you said, you know, in building relationships first? Gently and personally would be the two words that I use. Some people try to use LinkedIn. They go at it like a bullet a gate. They'll connect with anyone <laughs> and everyone, whether they know people or not. And while I don't think that's necessarily a differentiator that you have to know somebody, I do think it's important how you approach somebody. If, for instance, you were to go to a network meeting in person, as rare as they are these days, you wouldn't just walk up to someone and say, hi, my name's Jürgen, and I would like to sell you my um, podcast, or I'd like to sell you my services. You just don't do that. You talk to someone first, you get to know them, and you start to develop that relationship. So in terms of LinkedIn, what that means is that when you connect to somebody, you need to do it in a way that makes somebody feel special. You need to use their name, which is an obvious thing, but you'll often mm. receive messages or invites from people that simply aren't personalized. They just don't have any message at all. And I think that's such a wasted opportunity because you're already on the back foot with that. Whereas if you uh, send someone a message that says, hi, Jürgen, I've noticed that on LinkedIn, you and I do da-da-da-da-da, or we know somebody in common, uh, or we're both in the same industry, then all of a sudden you've set a kind of, you've done the groundwork, you've done the research, you've looked mm -hmm. at their profile, and you can begin to talk to them in a way that they are likely to respond to. But many people don't bother to do that because all they're trying to do is to collect connection numbers. Now, that's the wrong thing because I can ask you this question. What's the most important to have a lot of people that you don't know and who don't know you in your network or a few trusted people who really trust and know you? Which is the most important? Mm, yeah, well, that's a bit of a Dorothy Dix question, isn't it? I mean, obviously, the second thing and you know, coming back to the word relationship, it's, I mean, I don't know how many connections I have on LinkedIn. There's a lot there. And certainly in the early days, I accepted any connection request I got because whenever I got a re connection request, I, oh, somebody wants to connect with me. I got excited. And also I did send out lots of connection requests to people I didn't know because I thought, oh, that looks like a cool person. But since then, of course, I've, I've changed that very much to focus on the relationships. And coming back to your question, if you have a lot of connections like I have, uh, I can't maintain a relationship with all those connections. So I've really got two different types of connections. I've got those that I'm having ongoing conversations with either on LinkedIn or, or those conversations have moved elsewhere. Um, so there's that relationship is ongoing or there's people who, you know, occasionally I see their posts, but there's no real connection as such whilst I'm connected to them on LinkedIn. So clearly having high quality connections and being able to then maintain those relationships, I think is much more important. I agree. And that's what leads to business, of course. So that comes mm. back to your earlier question about how LinkedIn has changed and that, that we all did that. We all connected to a lot of people in the early days because that was what we didn't know anything better. We didn't know what we were supposed to be doing with LinkedIn and LinkedIn didn't really know itself, I don't think. 
but now we have a much different view of, of how to LinkedIn, and we, we see it differently. We all use it differently now, and it's become a completely different beast altogether. And I think that that's really has to do with partly why it's so powerful now is that we all use it in a way that showcases our skills, helps us develop relationships with people, and it allows us to engage with people at a different level that we couldn't otherwise do, all on a platform that is relatively benign. And I know they call it social media, but in fact, it's more like a business tool these days than social media. I used to call it social media for business. And in fact, I think I probably still do that in my book. But now I've, my thinking on this has changed and I do see it more as a business tool. Uh, one that businesses can't afford to be without because it's a huge big world out there in terms of marketing. And LinkedIn is a really important aspect of it that people, people could be doing uh, a lot better with and using really, really well. Hmm. So in terms of what I really like about the book is you've got four strategies outlined there and they're different in the sense that depending on what you want to achieve out of your engagement on LinkedIn and then you outline the sort of a whole lot of practical steps around those four strategies so I really love that so talk to us a little bit first about um, how to get really clear about what your expectations are from LinkedIn and what you're setting out to achieve and how that then lead you into which of those strategies might work best for you? Sure. I think that the first thing to recognize is why you're on LinkedIn. Are you on LinkedIn to find a new job? Are you on LinkedIn to uh, extend or enhance your personal brand or your company's brand? Are you on LinkedIn because you want to become a thought leader or be seen as an expert in your field? Or are you on LinkedIn in order to bring in business and to generate leads? So once you know what it is that you're on there for, you can start to look at the different objectives that you might have and the reasons that uh, LinkedIn is, uh, or the ways rather, that LinkedIn is going to be able to help you achieve the objectives that you want. Because I maintain that no matter what kind of business professional you are, LinkedIn will help you achieve what the, goal, the goals that you have. And so you might be, for instance, wanting to change careers. So therefore, you need to be networking with people who are in different industries from you and being able to learn from them. Because many people forget that LinkedIn is a huge platform for learning because other people are sharing mm. really useful information. There's an, a, a huge wealth of um, expertise out there that people, I think, tend to overlook. They don't necessarily see it in their, in their news feeds, and so they tend not to uh, find it. Although if you're not looking for something, you don't tend to find it, do you? But when you are looking for ways to engage, ways to connect, ways to develop relationships, I think LinkedIn has all of those available to everybody in spades. Hmm. One of the things I'm curious about, you mentioned that uh, LinkedIn is is a great source of information and, and certainly uh, people are posting all kinds of things there that, that might be sharing their latest blog post or they might be sharing a video and now we've got LinkedIn Live. So people, some people who have access to that, I don't yet, unfortunately, but some people who have access to that are doing live events on LinkedIn, live presentations, uh, live webinars, and of course you can post uh, recorded videos on there as well. What I'm curious about, because the 
feed itself is very fleeting, isn't it? So if I go on there now, I might see a bunch of stuff in my feed and I'll spend a little bit of time scrolling through and reading the things that are of interest. And when when my when I say, okay, I'm, I'm done with that time block and move on to something else, I don't necessarily see the rest of the information that's below that um, later on. So I see something else. So when we're posting something, what are some of the things that we can do to ensure that the information actually is seen or maximise the chance of it being seen by those people that it could help? Really good question. The first thing that you need to do is make sure the content is good because people won't read and engage with content that is, for example, very promotional. And if all you're doing is putting out promotional posts telling people how wonderful you are, people will just skip those. Essential to being seen is having people comment on your posts. And so if you have a network or a few people that you know that you can trust to uh, ask them to engage on your posts, that's by far the best way to do it because the algorithm, although it constantly changes, basically works in a way that means that if your post gets uh, some engagement and some reaction, which are usually called likes, in the first two or three hours, then more people will see it because the algorithm will put it into more news feeds. And the more news feeds it's in, the more people are going to see it, the more they will engage on it. And so it becomes a bit of a ripple out effect. But you did comment on the fact that posts are terribly fleeting, and that's very true. And one way that you can get around that is to pin them to your featured section in your profile. And that way they can stay there and people who visit your profile will be able to see them. You can also, I think, make sure that you use formats that are the most popular or that your audience particularly wants to engage with. For example, because I'm a writer, I write a lot of text posts and I often use document posts. I'm not a natural video poster. It's not something that, it's not my comfort zone. And so I tend to do that, don't tend to do those. And I don't tend to uh, use image posts so much because they just die for me. People just don't engage with my image posts whatsoever, but they will with my text posts and they will with my document posts. Now, research last year by Richard van der Blom from the Netherlands found that the two most um, effective post types or formats are text-only posts and document posts, which show up as a PDF on LinkedIn. And they, if you put the effort into those, those will rank really well for you. More people will see them and your views and comment numbers will rise. Now, a lot of people will tell you that getting views is the main objective, but it's not. The main objective is to get engagement because that's what mm. I would define engagement as the, um, people commenting because that's what will get your posts seen by many more people. And if you look at your newsfeed, what you'll probably find is that the posts that you're seeing there are from your first degree connections but have been commented on by another of your first degree connections. So in other words, there's two people involved in that interaction before you even get to see it. And I think that that seems to be happening more and more 
So the engagement side of it is really important, but it's quite difficult to get unless you have some people around you that you can specifically ask to engage on it, or you have, you're have um, in a company and you can ask your employees to engage on it. But whatever happens, it's that engagement that you want to see. And preferably good quality engagement. Just lots of uh, comments that say, great pose, that's excellent, well done. Yeah, yeah. Uh, very useful. What you want is something that takes right. the conversation a bit further and develops it into something else. Mm -hmm. Well, it comes back to the word relationship again in my mind. And, and you talked about conversation and really, you know, to grow a relationship or even to start a relationship, you need a conversation and to grow a relationship, you want to go deeper on that conversation. So just saying, oh, great post doesn't really lead anywhere. It's kind of like, oh, okay, I can do a thumbs up or maybe even a, a clap, uh, whatever the different icons are, but that's about it. Mm. Exactly. And that's why engagement is so important because it does help develop those relationships. And you'll find often that people who aren't connected to you will see those posts and then they'll comment and then that gives you an opportunity to just start a relationship with them by asking or having a look at their profile first of all and then asking if they want to connect with you if they're an appropriate person that you want to be connected to. So I think that the, the idea of publishing on LinkedIn is really important and something a lot of people don't do very much. Now, being able to do so on the platform hasn't been around forever. It wasn't available when LinkedIn first started. Uh, and that was why we always, always thought it was a, um, a job site or a resume site. But now that you can publish and you can publish in all kinds of different formats, as you've pointed out, then I think that that makes it easy for everybody. It's a level playing field. It's organic. It's not like some of the other social media platforms where you have to pay. Uh, via ads or to boost posts, you can, but you don't have to. You can get organic reach through LinkedIn simply by having good quality content, a good network of people who are prepared to engage with you and on your content, uh, and people that you can develop relationships with. And I think the point there um, that I've forgotten to mention about engagement, uh, Jürgen, is it needs to be reciprocal. If you, and this is the, the giving sharing part of LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. If you're, uh, if somebody's engaging on your content, then you want to engage on theirs because it's only polite and kind and nice. And it means then that your uh, comments are going to be seen by their connections, first and second degree connections. So it's all about widening your network in as many different ways as possible. And there are so many ways to do that on LinkedIn that people, I think, don't really understand. And that's why I wrote the book, so that some of those things could come out uh, into the open yeah. and everybody could have easy instructions on how to uh, to access some of those different formats, because there's quite a lot of them now. Hmm. Yeah, I think I think there's a really important point in that too, in terms of, you know, if you want more comments on your post, you've got to be in LinkedIn and commenting on other people's posts and initiating conversations there. And to me, there's an opportunity there. Let's say you post something on here's how to use LinkedIn or so on and and uh, talk about the different different media that you can use to post on there. I could go in and comment, oh, you know, I, I really like the, um, the PDF documents. We use that as a slideshow with uh, some of the quotes from our podcasts. And here's an example. So then I've added to the conversation at the same time I've kind of link back to 
one of my posts and people who are interested in what's an example of that particular media can go and have a look at it. And if they resonate with it, then it's likely to trigger a conversation over there as well. Also, you subtly introduce people to your podcasts. So it's a win-win-win. You've done very well when you're doing that. Absolutely. And I think that that, that's the kind of flow-on effect that I think you get from LinkedIn. Uh, And you can do that in a way that uh, is not promotional. You're giving and sharing information. You're promoting those other people who were on your podcast and their quotes, making them look good. But then you're also showing that your podcast is a good one to listen to because you've got good quality guests who are going to say good quality things that other people want to read. So it goes round in a really good circle. And that's, as I say, that's one of the reasons why I love LinkedIn. Yeah. Now, that engagement part to me is something that most people forget. I I think Mm -hmm. it's forgotten in most social media. I kind of like to say that social media is called social. It's not selling media. So social means you have to socially engage. (laughs) Um, With with what you're suggesting on LinkedIn, what uh, what's a recommendation in terms of how much time to actually spend each day or each week on the platform to do that engagement part? So a lot of people um, post, post regularly, and there's tools around now where you can spend time scheduling posts in advance for uh, anything up to a year. I think some of them allow you to do. I don't know what the uh, social media guidelines are. Maybe there's a limit there. But people then automate or semi-automate some of that. But of course, the engagement part, you can't automate. So you need to spend time on that. What What's your recommendation for somebody to really get value out of it um, in terms of the time they spend on uh, having those conversations? Right. I think it depends on the person and what you're on LinkedIn for. I obviously spend a lot of time on LinkedIn because I, first of all, love it. And second, because I enjoy the conversations with people. And I third, I love to learn from it. And four, I can see that as a benefit to uh, to do that. So how I approach this, Jürgen, is I'll look, I spend about 10 or 15 minutes on my profile and the newsfeed in the mornings and have a look at the most recent posts and uh, add some comments to those where I feel qualified to say something or the people I want to make sure I see their posts in my newsfeed. And so I definitely want to make sure I engage them. Uh, And then I'll do the same in the evening and I'll spend just a few minutes looking at the posts uh, in my newsfeed. Now, there are also some people that I follow that I want to see their material, people who are experts in my field, So I will then go to their profiles and look to see what they've done that day, to see if there's anything Mm. that I need to catch up on or that I might have missed out on. And that way then I've got all those bases covered. I've got the posts that LinkedIn wants me to see covered, and then I've gone and looked at posts that LinkedIn hasn't delivered to me, but that I also want to see for my own professional development. So it's that second bit I think that a lot of people don't think to do, and that is to go to the profiles of people that they consider experts that they want to learn from or they want to uh, begin a conversation with and develop a relationship and engage on uh, their material. But that also means that they need to be active if you're going to do that. So when you are considering whether or not to connect to somebody, then having a look at their activity and their posts is a very good idea. Because if part of your marketing or your LinkedIn marketing 
is to have people is to be active on the publishing platform of it you need people in your network who are going to be there to see it and if people aren't active in any way then they are less likely to see your material and they're less likely to be able to feel they trust you really because they just don't know you they haven't seen um seen your material so it's important i think to make sure that you uh do be as wide as possible in terms of your LinkedIn activity, because this is only one aspect of what you need to do on LinkedIn. There's also messaging, uh, you need to reply to messages, you know, people invite you, you need to respond to those. So there's quite a lot of work to be done uh, on LinkedIn, but how often you're on it and how long you can spend on it is really up to the individual and how important it is to you but my feeling is that once people start to use linkedin they get a bit hooked on it and they can see the value of it so they tend to spend more time and more time but i tell you what's happened recently of course is that clubhouse has become very popular and so i think there's a little less time being spent on linkedin than there has been um before which means that there is more room for other people who are on linkedin hmm. to be able to uh, have their posts seen by more people so i see that as a positive thing yeah that's great well um I'd, I'd like to move on to messaging and, and also the correct way to invite people and respond to invitations. Uh, before I do that, LinkedIn groups, what's your view on LinkedIn groups? Because there's a feature there that I don't think is used much. And I've, I've got some groups up, but I don't seem to get anything, any traction with that. And I have to say, I've kind of stopped posting into the groups specifically so i'm guessing that probably what if somebody goes into those groups all they see are my posts and and the other posts of members of the group that are on the general feed regrettably your experience jürgen is the same as everybody else's when it comes to group <laughs> and i can tell you just quietly that uh, linkedin experts around the world have a group that is hosted on facebook so that, I think, <laughs> that says a lot, doesn't it? <laughs> Everything you need to know in just that one statement. Um, LinkedIn yeah. played around uh, with the functionality of groups some time back and made it more difficult for group admins like yourself to be able to message people to let them know that there were posts there. And you don't see a group posts in your feed very much either. And so they have really just fallen by the wayside. But I did hear recently another uh, person and talking about uh, the same issue um, and he was thinking that you could indeed bring back, back groups for yourself but he in terms of building it into a community again but he his attitude to it was that it's a lot of hard work a bit like a podcast in fact uh, you have to put a lot of time and effort into it uh, before you'll get a great deal out of it and you have to be on it all the time you have to make sure that you are responding to messages moderating um, posts and doing all the things that group admins uh, do so I am yet to be convinced that groups are a very good thing and I very rarely visit my groups hmm. all right um, so let's talk about the, a good way to invite people to connect. So let's say I've found somebody that I thought, oh, that's a really interesting post. I check out their 
profile and I think, oh, that person might be an interesting connection. We've got something in common or whatever it might be that motivates me. So what's a good way to go about that? Because I know in the past I've, um, I've always taken the approach of I'll put a comment, I'll put, I'll, I usually do it on desktop. Um, I invite to connect and then I just put some message in there. But I discovered a little while back, and I haven't done this in a while, that on mobile, if you invite to connect there, it doesn't actually come up with the message option and it just goes straight to invite. So um, then they get an invite from me without any comment at all. We've all fallen into that trap. It is actually there, but you have to hunt for it. And so I don't tend to do okay. that. But the problem is that around 60% of us who are on LinkedIn use uh, the mobile app more than we do the desktop, which seems to me to be a real shame because it's so much harder to use for a number of different things mm. and sending messages is um, among them. So uh, in answer to the question about what you should send, I think it's important to make sure that you have established a connection of some kind. Sometimes if it's a really important person that you want to make sure says yes, you need to visit their profile, find something that you've got in common uh, and then ask them, mention that in your message and say that you hope that you can um, develop a mutual um, conversation or relationship and some way need to reach out to them. And one way to do that, of course, is to offer them help in some kind of way. Uh, that doesn't, doesn't, it depends on the person that doesn't always work. But if you want somebody to connect to, you have to send them a personal message. And so if you, if you can't find it on the mobile and agree it's tricky to get to, then uh, it's better off, you're better off to do it on a laptop because it's easier than to, to if you've got a, a message, a standard message that you use often, then you can add that through a copy and paste function, which is a little more tricky uh, on the mobile. So definitely use a person's name, explain why you want to connect to them, perhaps what you hope to get out of it, but definitely don't try to sell them. Jürgen, so many people do that, or they'll wait till you have connected to them and then they'll try to sell you something. Um, yeah. Thanks for connecting to me. Would you like to buy my widget? Uh, no. I get I I get a lot of those and I've I've recently instigated a rule if somebody does that to me and it's not uh somebody that I want to be connected with for other reasons that I will immediately unconnect them. And you can also report them uh, and block them. And that tells LinkedIn that that's what okay. they're doing, which sends a message to them that if they get messages like that from other people, um, then they, they'll they stop the person from doing that. They'll take their profile down or you know, cut shut their account or whatever. Um, so it's worthwhile doing that, I think, if you do get played by those kinds of messages. But that's why it's even more important to send a personalised message so it stands out. Hmm. Yeah, what, what triggered my kind of aversion to this was I had a couple where they came back and said, oh, thanks for connecting. Would you like to buy my widget or whatever it was? And I ignored that. And then I'd get a regular message. And of course, that pops up every time I go on LinkedIn, the message thing pops up. And the only message I'd have on there was, did you get my last message? Um, you know, do you uh, want to buy my thing? And then it, you know, it got so aggressive. It was like, um, I know you're busy, but this is really important. You need to buy my stuff. And I thought, well, I, 
kind of have to disconnect from that. And now I now I disconnect on the first whiff. I think that that, like a lot of people, we've, we've been burned with this sort of thing. And uh, for some reason, mm. there are certain professions that seem to do that a lot. And it drives me insane, so much so that if I see an invite from somebody from a certain area of a certain country who was in a certain profession, I just don't even bother. I'll just, just click no, ignore, 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 um, because I just know what the next message is going to be. Please buy my widget. Hmm. Yeah. And that's a wrong way to it. Wrong, wrong, wrong. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, turning it around, so I get an invite from... No, sorry, I reach out to somebody, send them a great invite, they connect to me. What's what how should I respond then after Okay, I don't think there's one answer to this question. So let me give you a couple of suggestions. One is that you could just say, Thanks, I'm really pleased to be connected and I'm looking forward to learning more about you, which would be a fairly standard sort of uh, message, which isn't going to take the conversation any further. That's just going to to stop it um, right there. You could ask them a question. You could say, thanks for connecting. I'm really pleased to be in your network now. I wondered whether you could tell me a bit about X, Y, or Z um, and see if they'll engage with you. Because what you really want in that second message yeah. is for them to start engaging with you uh, if that's the purpose of this particular connection invite. One of the things that you can also do is uh, you can offer them information of some kind. Now, if somebody invites me to connect, I take it, uh, a personal invitation, uh, I take it that they're interested in learning about LinkedIn. So what I do then is I send them with my thank you message um, a, a link to my latest article about LinkedIn and then I include my link tree where I've got all my other resources and so that that gives them access to all the various different places where they'll find free material about using uh, LinkedIn and I find that that works really quite nicely too but it doesn't work if you're the person who uh, wants to initiate excuse me initiate the um, the interaction because you think they might become a client of yours. That's when you have to be very cautious um, and very clear about it. So when in those situations, I don't do much more than send a message. But there's, I'm just going to take a sip of water here. I'm sorry, I've just got a cough. Mm. I beg your pardon. Um, I think that you can use the different message formats the different message formats available on LinkedIn, which include video messages and voice messages. And you, you can only do those from mobile, which is contrary to what we, do, what we were just talking about before. But um, video messages and voice messages can be personalized. They're very quick, they're very easy, and they get a really good response. So imagine if you received a video invite from somebody or a video message from somebody immediately after you connected with them that wasn't please buy my widget, but was in fact, um, let's get together, let's have a chat, let's talk about something with our mutual interest, then the difference that that would make would be enormous and you'd be much more likely to say yes, wouldn't you? Mm, yeah, that's exactly right. I've, um, I've started, well, I've been doing video for quite a while on, on my LinkedIn things. Uh, as I said, I'm kind of much more... Um, selective about who I connect with and who I invite to connect and usually I uh, send a video message with the invitations and I will respond with a video message to 
invitations. And generally I'll say something like, um, great to connect with you. I'll mention something that um, I've seen in their profile or if somebody's reached out to me and said, hey, we both know Linair Johnston, um, let's connect or you know, they might say something else. And what I might do there is go back and say, well, great to connect with you. I'm looking forward to learning more about what you do. And by the way, did you know that Linear was on my Nova Buzz podcast on episode 401? And um, why don't you go and listen to what she had to say there? Or, or I might say something about what she shared, if I can remember. <laughs> the um, Yeah, so video video you can do on desktop because I've, I've done it on desktop. But recently, and this was thanks to you, actually, I was reading your book and I learned about being able to do audio as well. And I looked at it on mobile and I thought, well, actually, as a podcaster, audio is no brainer for me. It's, it's maybe a little bit easier and I can do it um, when I'm still in my pajamas, for instance, whereas with video, I've got to wait until I'm dressed and showered and have my makeup on. And one of the good things about those kind of messages, Jürgen, is most people don't use them. So they have a special meaning when somebody does that for you mm. uh, and it may, again it goes back to making you feel special and so you feel more kindly disposed towards them and it starts that relationship it starts that kind of that no like and trust deve um, development of the relationship and I think that's really important but a lot of people forget to do that or they don't know uh, is more accurate that those are available on LinkedIn now and are very easy to do, very mm. to do. Mm. that's right and in fact for for many people, it's quicker than typing something out, particularly the audio. Oh, yes. and, it, um, and, and it doesn't. Mm, and it doesn't need to be kind of a, a whole no, story. It's not, I mean, it's, you just you being you. Um, and I, so I often mm. um, use those because I think they're a great way just to quickly respond to somebody um, and to get your message across because you can say a lot more in a minute when you're speaking than you can write with. Type in mm. minute. Yeah. And the other trick I've um, learned through that when you invite somebody and you're not connected to them yet, I don't, don't know exactly what the number is, but there's a limit to how much you can put in the message. And I know this because I invite people to connect to me before they come on the podcast as a guest. And in that invitation, I usually give them some information about um, their podcast um, time and, and how to connect and I've had to really use lots of abbreviation and stuff in that message because of the limit in characters and I've discovered hey I can leave a video I can leave a five minute video if I want or even a 10 minute video on that introductory message and and it is uh, it doesn't run up against that character that's limit. An idea. So that's a <laughs> and that's one mm. of the things too about LinkedIn is there's always more than one way to do something and I like the variety mm. in it so if uh, you, like you are happy to do audio messages me I like to write it suits everybody in different ways to do different things but I just love have you tried, have you tried mm. yet? a poll have you done that. a poll yet in publishing oh no I have I haven't done a poll in LinkedIn. Well, they're very no. easy to do, and they're a great great way to ask your audience questions uh, and to be able to get re reasonably good answers from people. 
in just a few hours or a few days. So there are, and that's one of the new additions to the publishing stable. And I quite like them because they're quick and simple to do. Okay. Uh, so how, how would you use a poll? Well, if you were to ask a um, question that was, um, oh, I know what. Um, what if you were to ask people who you thought would make a good podcast guest? You would then be able to um, say, do you know, do you listen to podcasts? Um, yes or no, or how many podcasts do you listen to in a week and give some people some numbers and then in the comments below ask people to um, suggest somebody that they would think would make a good podcast guest so that you've not only then got the question that you can use the answers to perhaps depending on what you've asked but also you've got going to get some information from people that would be helpful. The questions are relatively closed um, in the sense that you've got one question and four answers so if you one of your answers is other, then people get an opportunity in the comments below to write something that's a bit more meaningful than just giving you an answer that was turns into a percentage point. So it, they're not suitable for everybody, Jurgen, but they're a really good idea, good way to be able to uh, involve people and uh, to generate interaction. Hmm. Oh, that's interesting. You've uh, given me some ideas. I might steal that idea. Please do. It's not stealing when yeah. it is freely given. <laughs> Great. Okay, now um, we haven't touched on messaging directly as in LinkedIn. So once once we're connected to somebody else on LinkedIn, we have the ability to send them uh, a one-on-one -on -one message through LinkedIn. So do you see that as being better than email or more effective than email or when when would you take when would you take the conversation off linkedin to somewhere else or would you leave it on linkedin i tend to feel that i'm a bit of um a loner in this one but i really do believe that it's much better than email emails are so easy just to dismiss just to um and they end up in junk folders, so if you are sending to a list of people. So I much prefer the personal approach using LinkedIn direct messaging because, again, you can be personal and, to, and put somebody's name in there. However, it is time-consuming, and that's its downside It's for if you're going to be doing that. And so you would probably not be wanting to send thousands um, of direct messages to people, but it's a really good way to involve people in a conversation and to get something started, to get the ball rolling, um, as it were. So, mm. um, messaging is something that I definitely do all the time with people because I think it helps develop that relationship. It allows me to, to share information, mm. which I think is really important. All right. Well, this, is, this has been uh, fabulous, Linair. I, um, we can talk LinkedIn ages and tactics, but I think it's uh, something that uh, I'll leave the listener to go and check out the linkability book. Uh, I think it's important that we leave something for them to discover in that as well. I think um, it's a good point now. <laughs> yeah, I think it's a good point now to move on to the buzz, which is our innovation round, and it's designed to help our, our listener who are innovators and leaders in their field with some tips from your experience. So I've got five questions. Hopefully you will answer them in a way that will inspire our listener to go and do something awesome today as a Ooh, result. No pressure then? No, no pressure at all. <laughs> what do you think the number one thing is anyone needs to do to be more innovative? 
to learn from other people, to read widely, listen to podcasts widely, to hear ideas from other people, to be open. Hmm. Yeah, being open, I think, is really important. And there's so much information available today, as you mentioned, books, podcasts, videos, uh, LinkedIn feeds, um, and all kinds of things that, that we can just access at the click of a mouse button. And so being open is really important because that information is there. What's the best thing you've done to develop new ideas? Listen to podcasts, listen to other experts, watch what other people are doing, make mistakes. Um, I think we all learn from mistakes. It's so annoying. Um, but we do learn, I think, mm. a lot from mistakes and we learn a lot from uh, watching what other people um, are doing. So, yeah, definitely learning from other people and, uh, and making mistakes and finding your own way, finding what works for you as opposed to what works for other people. So taking what other people have done and uh, fine-tuning it so it's authentically from you. Mm. Yeah, and I like, the, I like the kind of you've given yourself permission to make mistakes, which is, is an interesting take because a lot of people try to avoid mistakes so they're risk-averse so they don't try new things. Other people really beat themselves up when they make mistakes so they miss out on the lessons that that mistake actually has for them. Um, so I like the approach of, you know, give yourself permission to make mistakes, but just make sure you learn from it. Yes, indeed. Learn from them mm. is the key. Yeah. So what's a favourite resource of yours that you use? Podcast. Podcast. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> uh, and not because um, I am on a podcast, but I genuinely listen to lots of podcasts um, I'm a gardener so um, it's perfect for me when I'm out in the garden put in my headphones turn on the, um, the latest issue of an over buzz and away I go and um, I just love podcasts I learn so much from podcasts unbelievable I don't know how I manage to mm, yeah I've got <laughs> I've got a, a long list now it's, it, it's almost like when I want to listen to some podcasts and I go into my list of favorites that I'm overwhelmed by the choices oh. I have, but uh, we've, <laughs> we've just recently gone into a, a very short, severe lockdown here because we had uh, a new breakout of coronavirus locally and community transmissions. So I've not been able to cycle with my riding buddies. I have to go out cycling on my own. And, and I immediately reframed that and said, oh, I can put on my headphones and listen to podcasts while I'm riding. <laughs> There's always a silver lining, always a silver lining. That's right, yeah. Okay, now what's the best way to keep a client on track? Communication, keeping in touch with them, <laughs> messaging often, making sure they know what you're doing, telling them um, where you're up to, uh, prodding them along when they're not quite uh, as fast with the responses as you would like, but definitely communication. It's all about keeping that open, those lines of communication open. Yeah, they'll respond mm. generally. So that is a theme there that comes back to that. how we use LinkedIn, <laughs> right? Relationships and communication, yeah. All right, and what's the number one thing anyone can do to differentiate themselves? Be themselves. Be authentic. I know it's a buzzword and I hate it intensely, but if you are yourself and don't try to be someone else or someone that you're not, then uh, you will find that it works for you much better 
than um, pretending that um, you are um, somebody completely different. It's or your point of difference is who you are uh, and what you stand for and your values and what's important to you. Hmm. I'm. That's that's great advice, and a lot of people have have said that, and I think it's kind of almost a no-brainer answer to that question. What what I get more and more curious about as more people say that is how do you how do you become so much more self-aware that you really know who you are and how you come across to other people so that um, you can just do that oh that's a very other than try and put on an act or rather or um because we, we all put on an act of course we do right i mean we go we go to a networking event and we try to present ourselves in the best light possible so there's an unconscious belief that if i do x y and z everybody will think well of me so you do x y and z now x and y might be you but z might be kind of completely outside of your comfort zone and not really consistent with your character so you're putting on that act so how do we build that self-awareness that that allows us to say, well, this is me and that's that's how I'm going to be? Well, I wish I had the answer to that because I think <laughs> if I did, I would be a millionaire living in the Bahamas. Uh, because I don't know, I think it's different for everybody, Jürgen, how they become uh, self-aware. For me, uh, how I've, I, I can't develop authenticity, although I think in a, in a way I may have in my LinkedIn work, is that I've found that I've become myself on LinkedIn by responding to other people and in a way that seems to work for them. Now, in my early days of LinkedIn, I didn't get much response. I didn't have, I wasn't an expert and people weren't asking me questions about LinkedIn and that's developed over time. So I would argue that I have found my authenticity or who mm. I am over a period of time because I found something that I love doing. It fits with my values of giving and sharing and it's in my skill set. So all of those things come together. And I, so I think it has to be a, a marriage, if you like, of your skills, uh, of your values, and what you really enjoy, um, what, you, um, what you relate to. Because I enjoy the uh, conversations I have with people who are all over the world. That's one of the things that I just really love, waking up in the morning, looking at my news, uh, my LinkedIn messages, and seeing something from, some, a message from somewhere else. This morning, I had um, a message from Filippo in Copenhagen. So he, we had a message, a conversation um, backwards and forwards, and he sent me voice messages to my shame. I didn't respond with voice messages. Mm. But you know, I was talking to somebody in Copenhagen, and I really enjoyed that because we're on different sides of the world and he's helping me with something and I'm answering a question for him and it's that being able to be um, open to what's going on around you which is a very circuitous way of saying I think you just have to be um, aware of what's going on around you learn from the things that you that happen to you uh, learn from your mistakes as we've already discussed and just find out what works for you Hmm. Yeah, I love that. And, I, I, you know, you talked about doing what you love doing that's a fit for your values and where your skill set. So there's kind of that 
intersection of those three things. And the other thing that struck me there and what you're telling me is, is and this is really important, you've got to be consistent then in, in what you do around building up your own credibility. So it's not like, okay, I put up this magic post that, that's going to help everyone be brilliant or whatever on LinkedIn, this one post, and that immediately establishes my credibility. Well, not really. It's got to be. It's got to be some ongoing, ongoing uh, work effort. Whatever it is, is contribution. Watchword there. And LinkedIn's a long-term game too, Jurgen. It's not something that's going to make you um, an instant success overnight. It does take time, and you need to show up day after day, week after week, month after month, um, if you're going to really make any kind of an impact. So that longevity, that consistency, I think, is really important. Absolutely. Great. All right. Well, thanks for getting us through the buzz round. Now, this has been fabulous, Linnea. Um, where can people reach out to find out more about you, more about the work you do, get a hold of the book linkability, and maybe even reach out and say thanks for what you've shared? Um, guessing they can do that on LinkedIn. Yeah, it will come as a big surprise to you. I know, but <laughs> um, yes. And so if you were just to uh, look at me, look for me on uh, LinkedIn, send me a message. If you'd like to connect with me, send me a message to say that you've heard me on the podcast. Um, by all means, follow me. And uh, my book, Linkability, Four Powerful Strategies to Maximize Your LinkedIn Success, is available uh, at all major online booksellers uh, and off my website too, which is wordwizard.co.nz. Now, I also have a YouTube channel, WordWizardNZ, where I have my webinar, free webinar replays, uh, which can be a lot of help for people who are just starting out on LinkedIn. Um, and uh, on my website, wordwizard.co.nz, also I have a resource library, and there's a lot of free material there that people can use as well. So uh, plenty of places to find me, but also on LinkedIn, as you say, you can. Yeah. <laughs> All right. And we'll have links to those in the show notes. But uh, certainly, if you do connect with Linair, make sure you leave her a message and tell her you heard her on this podcast. Yes. And, and maybe let her know what one thing yes. really piqued your curiosity. Yeah, which is, is, even. Yeah, is the thing that will probably start the conversation. It would indeed, absolutely. I've been thrilled to have the opportunity to be on your show. Jürgen, thank you so much, because you can tell I'm pretty enthusiastic about LinkedIn. So I'm really hoping that people will be able to find a way to add it to their own um, marketing efforts, because it really is very, very powerful. And a lot of people don't, I think, make as much use of it as they possibly could. Hmm. Okay. Well, that sounds like uh, uh, some good parting advice for our listener. So just check out LinkedIn, check out all the resources that we'll link to from Linair and get a hold of the book, read the book and see what you can take out of that to make more use of LinkedIn to connect with people and uh, build relationships. All right. Well, thanks, Linair. Now, finally, who else could I should I get on this podcast and why? You absolutely must invite Jackie Lane, the book advisor. Jackie's based in Sydney and she has helped many, many people just like me to produce their book. She has a marvellous program that uh, holds you accountable 
and make sure that you actually get your book published and it just doesn't stay in your head or your brain or something that or on your wish list you actually get that out there so Jackie Lane would be a marvelous person because she's done a lot of work with business people and getting helping them to uh, to do their books and also has worked a lot with companies to produce corporate books so she would be a fabulous guest she, she has interviewed some of the most amazingly interesting people including other CEOs you'll find her fascinating I'm sure all right well we'll get an introduction to Jackie from you and reach out to her and bring her on the show as well that sounds like it could be a really interesting discussion too Thanks so much for sharing your time and your insights with us so generously today on the Innova Buzz podcast, Linair. This has been fabulous. We probably should schedule another follow-up on this in a little while to um, bring people up to date with what's changed in LinkedIn. Things are changing all the time and also to um, just to dig further into some of the aspects that we didn't get to touch on today. So thanks again, Linair. All the best and let's stay in touch. Thank you. Love to come back anytime, Jürgen. I hope you enjoyed that delightfully informative conversation with Linair and took something away from her episode. There was so much valuable information about using LinkedIn to build relationships in this conversation. The key theme is to use LinkedIn and have natural conversations that build relationships and could lead to business. I'd love to know what you took away from Linair's episode. Leave a comment below the blog post, which you can find at innovabiz.co forward slash Linair Johnston. That is L-Y-N-N-A-I-R-E-J-O-H-N-S-T-O-N. All lowercase, all one word, innovabiz.co forward slash Linair Johnston. You'll also find contact information there for getting in touch with Linair as well as links to the Word Wizard website, the book Link Ability, her social media pages, in particular her LinkedIn profile, and the other resources we spoke about in our conversation today. Now, do share this episode with two other people that it might help, because there's so much gold here. And when people want to use LinkedIn, there's so much they can learn from this conversation with Linair. Tag me in on that share and I will thank you with a special surprise gift. Linair suggested that we have a conversation with Jackie Lane, the book advisor, on a future Innova Buzz podcast episode. So Jackie, keep an eye on your inbox for an invitation from us to the Innova Buzz podcast courtesy of Linair Johnston. Tune in again to the next episodes of the Innova Buzz podcast, where we've got yet more fantastic guests lined up, including Dr. Deborah Gilboa of Ask Dr. G and leadership expert Roxanne Kaufman Elliott. Thanks for listening to this episode. Make sure you subscribe to the show to be reminded of new episodes. It's free to subscribe. Leave a review if you like. Even if you don't like me, I'm okay with that. I'm asking you to leave a review because it helps other people find this show. 
Go to innovabiz.co to join our marketing transformation community and access a free gift my team and I made for you. It's the Marketing Master Mini Class. We want to give you everything you need to transform your marketing into a human-centered, relationship-focused growth engine. Until next time, I'm Jürgen Strauss from InnovaBiz. Remember, be awesome and keep innovating.